right, welcome back to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you? Outstanding. How are you? If I was any better, I would be our guest. That's how good I would be. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so joining us, uh, we're going to start off real quick today. I'm not going not gonna to beat around the bush. We have uh, Xavier men's basketball beat writer, but probably more known for his fullback uh, abilities in high school at Elder. <laughs> Mr. Adam Baum. Adam, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. We appreciate you coming Pleasure's in. Ours, yeah. Appreciate you coming in. Yeah, man. You mentioned the uh, the elder football prowess. I still hold uh, just an unfathomable record at elder. So I am. You mentioned that I played fullback. I'm the only person in elder football history to finish a season with negative rushing and receiving yards to still score a touchdown. Wow. That's, that's, that's a, real. That's awesome, dude. Hey, that's something in the record books that, that that's probably not gonna that's, that's probably not gonna be no, broken. That's very unique. Someone someone would have to really try to, to pull that off yeah. to, to take that away. You from ain't me. kidding. You ain't kidding. When did you graduate from Outer? What what year are you uh what, what? that was two thousand six. Two thousand six. All right, so you're not far from us. Uh i I was oh two, Adam well, I was I was two thousand. Yeah, so we so all you're, you're definitely younger, but yeah, we're in the yeah. wheelhouse though. There you go, we're brother. In the club that sounds good. <laughs> in the club, there you go. All right, so let's get started, man. Because uh, this Xavier team, obviously, uh, I was when we first talked to you, I was hoping they might be coming off uh, a five game winning streak, but they lost to Butler the other night. It yeah, just Butler didn't look. Them. It just didn't look the same. No, no, not in. I kind of thought with this team I had, you know, I've tried to predict what they've, what they're going to do. And it's been very, very complicated. They've been kind of really hard to predict in that regard, but I just think with everything they've been through, I thought it might be hard to sustain that play that they, and then you're going into a hostile environment. It's senior night at Butler Mm -hmm. and you're running into a team that wants nothing more than, than to beat you and just shut you down. So in the back of my mind, I knew that that was going to be that was going to be a really tough game for them, and they just did not. They didn't bring what they had been bringing these last few weeks. It was they didn't look the same on both ends of the floor. I thought, and Butler kind of took it to them and made shots down the stretch, and and Xavier really didn't have a response late in the game. Yeah. So so what what is this this last this last run that they went on? Uh, so I'm a season ticket holder. I go to every game. They don't. Right. They just look like a completely different team than they did in the beginning of the year. Is that coaching finally catching up with the players? Uh, I, I mean, Quentin Gooden finally kind of started looking like he wanted to be out there. Or is this a? Or is this the actual? Is this just a, a just a, a period of time that it took because of the new coaching and the players are actually fitting in better? You know, I think it's more of a period of time situation because when I when I talked to Travis at the beginning of the year, he told me very point blank that that what we just saw from this team, that little mini run they went on was kind of his hope for this team. That's what he thought that they could be. It could be, hey, you know what, we're going to play really connected on the defensive end. And that's going to lead to offense for us. Najee Marshall is going to going to take over games on the offensive end of the floor. And then we got we got guys like Quentin Gooden and Paul Scruggs who can drive, who can occasionally knock down a jumper. And then, you know, we got Tyreek Jones inside and Zach Hankins inside. We're just going to beat people up on the glass. And that was like, that was kind of the blueprint. That's how they wanted it all to unfold. 
And I just think that a bit by bit, game by game, when it didn't happen, I think that kind of gave people pause. I think it was kind of, well, is it going to happen? Why we're still waiting for this to happen? And, you know, I think it finally came together. I think these guys kind of really took accountability and, and it really happened on the defensive end because I know Steele's gotten a lot of flack because at the beginning of this year, he made a comment that he thought <laughs> that this could be one of the better defensive teams that, that Xavier's ever seen. And for a long time this season, people are like, wow, where is that team? Cause I, you know, I'm not seeing that team. Exactly. And I think, I think that, that at some point something clicked with them on the defensive end and it's hard to kind of put your finger on one thing, but you know, whether it was adjustments, whether it was guys just starting to buy into what, what he was selling, uh, I think maybe a combination of all those things, mm-hmm. but something, something definitely changed throughout the course of this season. And one of the things, I don't know how the rest of this year is going to go. I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they go make a run in the Big East tournament, but I think the simple fact that they've given people something to kind of cheer about and be excited about this year is kind of, I, I think that's a win in and of itself for a first year head coach, considering everything that's changed with this program. Yeah. I mean, he's working. I mean, he's got three walk-ons, uh, two yep. freshmen who you never see. I mean, Keontae Kennedy's left the team for personal, yeah, reasons, personal or reasons or whatever he's got. So, <laughs> and James doesn't ever see the court. So it's a, no. uh, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, that's five new people. I mean, this is a whole new team, basically. Your your three of your four best uh, scores, four four your four top scores were gone, because Kaiser Gates is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Correct. I mean, this team that could you imagine this team with Kaiser Gates, a, a guy that can knock down threes? We'd find, oh, it would help so much. It's just, unbelievable. Just spreading the floor and giving these guys more space to operate, because one of the biggest problems that I think that this team has had to overcome is that you look at last year, and last year was this great example of like people got a glimpse of Najee Marshall and, and, you know, you see Paul Scruggs periodically and Quentin Gooden was really good offensively last year. And, and I think the biggest reason why that was, was because those guys had so much space to operate because Trayvon Blewett and JP McCurra drew so much attention. Those sure. guys are out there on the perimeter away from the basket and they've got a defender draped on them. And what that does is it opens up the floor for everyone else. We'll turn the page to this year and you got no shooters on the perimeter, and these guys are all seeing a really tight floor. They, you know, people are not up in their face guarding them. I mean, they just it, it, it's it's kind of been a hard thing for them to overcome. That's why you bring in Ryan Wellage, and you mentioned the grad transfers. I I told someone the other day. I said, can you imagine what 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 this team would be like if they don't go out and get those three grad transfers this year? Like. <laughs> I don't know if we, been, we'd look like Alabama from last year where they had to finish a game with four, three or four players. Four, yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> it would have been ugly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. So, of these three of these three uh, transfers that came in, I mean, it's obviously Hankins that's made the biggest impact on this team. Yeah, man. I mean, because the, I, could you, it, without him on the floor <laughs> and being able to kind of compliment Tyreek Jones – they don't have any inside press. I mean, Tyreek is great, but him by himself, anytime he comes off the floor, you don't, you're going with a small lineup with no big man. And you saw, I mean, that was the change for them this year. When they put Hankins and Jones into the starting lineup together, 
all of a sudden you see everything start. You saw that run start to change. They looked a hundred times like a, like a completely different team. Yeah, I know. I think uh, one of the things I definitely want to talk to Travis about after the season, because I just don't know that I'll get uh, a, like a fully complete thought on it right now while they're still playing games is I'm curious if he wishes he would. I'm sure that the answer is going to be yes, but I'm curious if he wishes if he would have gone to that earlier because we didn't see that until, you know, a few games into the Big East season. Yeah. Who knows how some of these other games might have played out if you would have tried that and gotten your feet wet with it earlier in the year, you know? Right. Yeah, that's I mean, it's true. I it, it's I wonder. We've talked about that. Uh, I mean, well, you hear you hear the rumblings in the crowd all the time. Why those two yeah. never got in together? But you know, uh, Steele's going through some. He's going through a lot, and he's he's. You can tell that he's a first time head coach. Uh, he's had games where he doesn't take feel like he doesn't make any substitutions in the second half, and these guys are worn out. Of course, he doesn't have that big of a bench. Uh, yeah. What what's your what's your thoughts on his first year? Well, I think, and you know, I, I tend, and this could be a, a good thing, or I guess some people could throw it at me as a negative thing, but I, I kind of like to look at things through a little bit of an optimistic lens. And I think with this year, you see, you see kind of a young coach who's still trying to find himself a little bit. And I think in the long run, the fact that he's had to go through a year like this, the fact that he's had to struggle and he's had to overcome and he's had to hear, you know, booze at Centos center. And he's had to watch fans leave games early, you know, against the Paul on a Saturday night. Yeah. It's like going through that and kind of getting that out of the way and surviving it. I think that that might be the biggest thing to take away from this season for Travis Steele personally, as a young coach, because it's like a, a lot of coaches, you know, I'm not as familiar with Chris, Chris Mack's tenure and, and kind of what I know Sean Miller coming in right away. His first year had a rough year at Xavier. I yep. think that they went like 15 and 12 or something like that, but you know, you can't put a price on failure. And as much as fans want to see people succeed and they want to see success and NCAA tournament runs, and conference championships, there are going to be years like this. And I think that kind of the fact that Travis has gotten to experience this year one, I think if you know him personally and you see what he's doing away from the court, like he's doing everything he can to make sure that they never have to experience this again. He's already gone out and he's gotten some major recruits for next year. He's gotten major recruits for the year after they're still working on some more, but I think you can really see how this kind of struggle has already affected him. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've taken away so far from this year. Yeah. So you don't think that this this down year, I mean like it's his first year, but you don't you don't feel like the way that they played it hasn't re, it hasn't hurt recruiting at all. No, no. Actually, I think the funny thing about this is like right now he's kind of got a real good recruiting pitch for a lot of guys. Is that you know, you look yeah. at what's coming back next year. We got some PT for you. Yeah, man. You're going to be able to get on the floor day one if you earn it and come right in and work for it. And it's like a lot of these guys, the Big East is very alluring um, to young college basketball, you know, prospects because all the national televised games, Madison Square Garden guaranteed at the end of the year. It's yeah. like there's a lot of things working in their favor there. And then Xavier has the benefit of kind of that pedigree. Like, Hey, you come here and there's a very good chance it might work out for you. A lot of guys playing, playing in the NBA, playing overseas professionally. So it's like, I, I don't, I don't know that the down year has, has hurt them in terms of the recruiting department at all. 
Yeah, Adam, the uh, the Big East, you kind of mentioned, um, you know, every team is going to be able to recruit well in the Big East, and we kind of see this year. It, it, I think some people think the Big East is down this year. Um, you know, you have, you have Villanova and Marquette, you know, kind of separated themselves at the top, but then you have pretty almost everybody else kind of in the same spot. Uh, yeah. As far you know, as far as the Big East record and and their overall record are pr- all pretty close, so it's kind of it feels like everybody's kind of just beating everybody. I'll, like everybody's one and one against each other almost. Um, yeah. What, what do you see for the Big East tournament? Like what what kind of draw do you expect Xavier to get? And I know a lot of stuff's going to happen. There's still several big games, you know, in this la- on Saturday uh, for the yeah. Big East. But going into the tournament, what do you see as as a draw possibly for Xavier and what kind of path they're going to have to? Because I mean. If we're talking still a possibility, maybe I know the the Butler loss wasn't great for them, but if uh, if they if they beat St. John's and at least get to the championship game of the Big East tournament, that gives you two or three more quad one wins, right? Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you probably want to avoid Villanova and Marquette all the way to the championship if you can. But I'm more scared of Marquette because the way Xavier's. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong about this, Adam. I'd be more scared of Marquette right now because of the way they shoot. Whereas Villanova has been slowing the ball down so much over this year that I feel that works in our favor more. Obviously, when we beat them, it worked in our favor. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think I think Marquette's a little bit more of a complete team, and I like the Hauser brothers to me are just absolutely terrifying to yeah. match up with because it's like the the moment that you spend too much time on Marcus Howard, it's like those guys are knocking down shots, and then it's your head starts spinning and it doesn't stop spinning until the, the times run out on the scoreboard. Villanova is, is always scary because I feel like they're, you know, it, even if you beat them good earlier in the year, it's like they're, they're going to be ready for the rematch. But like you asked me about the Big East tournament and I'm, I'm predicting just absolute mayhem because like, if you look at what's happened this year, I mean, earlier on in the year, St. John's beat Marquette by like 20 points. And DePaul comes on the road to Xavier and beats Xavier. And it's just like there are so many snapshot games like that this year in the Big East where it's like, how did that happen? Yeah. And, and you mentioned – you hit the nail on the head, Adam. It's that everyone is beating up on each other this year. And I think, you know, people want to throw that out that the Big East is having a down year. And, you know, what that may very well be true. But at the end of the day, the Big East still has some of the top – tier talent in the country in terms of you know punching power i mean marcus howard he can score with anybody in the country and then you got like miles powell and shamari ponds and i mean they're top i mean there is top tier talent in the big east i think that next year you're going to see a resurgence in the big east like 100 percent. i think next year there's going to be quite a few teams that that are that are right ranked at the start of the year and they're probably going to be ranked at the end of the year. But in terms of Xavier's draw, so much of it depends on what happens on Saturday night at Cintas, because really what Xavier is playing for in that game is a first round buy in the big East tournament. And what that means is big East tournament starts on Wednesday. There's going to be a double header that night. And then Xavier would play on Thursday. That's if they can beat St. John's on Saturday night. So that means you're getting an extra day of rest and preparation for whoever you're going to play. And that team will have to play essentially a play in game the night before. So you're going to get them coming off a game the night before. So 
beat St. John's on Saturday and then kind of worry about what else comes in, like right. how the picture tapes, you know, because it's like you start thinking about about what might your draw be and, and who what, who might we get in the second round or what could be waiting for us in the championship. But it's like if they – Xavier can do themselves a gigantic favor by beating St. John's and getting an extra day and, and rest time on their opponent in the first first round, you know? Right. So – so you're gonna have to help me out with this. So let's talk about that Big East tournament because as fans, we're gonna look ahead. They, I know the oh, team yeah. won't, but we are. If there's a, what is it now? Four or five teams tied for third place. How in God's yeah. name are they gonna sort this out? Oh, so the tiebreaker is is interesting, and I, I'm not completely read up on this, but I have been looking into it a little bit. Essentially. I think what it is is if you guys share a record, like if you're tied at the end of the regular season, then it goes to the the team behind you. There's a tiebreaker, so it's head-to-head record against that team is what I think is my understanding of how it plays out. So head-to-head like, against the team that's behind you guys. You correct. each years, okay? Yeah. Wow. So like a perfect example is. Villanova and Marquette, if they both win, okay, so if they would finish tied atop the the standings for first place, and they split, so you have to split the regular season series. I, I don't, I don't think I mentioned that, but right, if you split the regular season series, then the tiebreaker is head to head record against the team, like the third place the third finishing place team. team. Yeah. And then I guess so on and so forth down the line. So on and so forth. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, right now you have St. John's, Seton Hall, Creighton and Xavier all tied for fourth place. This could be fun. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be a crazy weekend going in to see what happens at oh, the end yeah, of this man. weekend. It's going to be it's just it's kind of perfect because I feel like the regular season has been pandemonium and mayhem. The last weekend let's of make the regular it, season should be pandemonium and mayhem. Let's just keep and it next going. Next week is going to be more pandemonium and mayhem. It's that's why be we great. love. That's why we love this time of year. There you go. Oh yeah, Nothing man, better. it's awesome. There's always something going on. Uh, yep. I, so, so if they don't make the tournament, what do you, what are your thoughts on the NIT? We saw Chris Mack a couple years ago. Didn't go. We went last time Xavier didn't make the tournament. We didn't go to the NIT or anything. We went to no tournaments. Yeah. Is that something you think they'll accept an invitation to if they were to get it? Or do you think it's uh, the NIT's, you know, I, I don't know exactly how teams feel about it. I know the players probably want to continue to play. Yeah, I think that I think there are some teams that kind of feel like it's beneath them. Like, oh, why would we go play in this? But, you know, for a first-year head coach yeah. and, you know, for essentially you look at it, you're going to have, Quentin Gooden back, Paul Scruggs, Najee Marshall, Tyreek Jones, and then kind of the rest, Elias Harden. And I think that getting them more time and more games could be a valuable thing in the future for Xavier. So I'm not positive how they feel about that, but if I were making the decision, I would say, hey, let's go play. Let's get more time together on a basketball court and try to spiral that into next year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other cool thing is like, you like playing at Madison Square Garden. If you can make the Final Four in the NIT, you get to go back to Madison Square Garden because that's where that's held at. So it's like there is kind of some cool stuff to play for in the NIT if that uh, if you if you choose to do so. Right. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I I kind of like the NIT. I used to 
print out a bracket and fill one out just for fun. You fill out, yeah, but he fills out <laughs> he fills out a bracket for he fill out a bracket for anything. I if fill out my twenty five NCAA tournament brackets and I fill out an NIT and a there you go. whatever the other one is the. The CBI? The NIT. Yeah, the there CBI. You go. There the, you go. the NIT's fun though because you know they put all those crazy rules in there, like the the uh, the the trapezoid or whatever lane you know that like they play with in oh, yeah, overseas yeah. and stuff. And they were the first ones to do the thirty second shot clock. I enjoy it. I think that's I think I think it's fun. Um, yeah, it's more basketball. That's right. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that. Hey, speaking of more basketball, you before you became the beat writer for Xavier, you uh, covered. You covered high school sports for the Enquirer, correct? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, so and it was awesome. Yeah, that that, that would be an awesome gig. Uh, and speaking of more basketball, uh, our Panthers are still around in the tournament. Are you following the Panthers still? So yeah, I kind of you know what I'll do is I'll follow them on Twitter and and kind of just at a unfortunately with the way the season goes, I don't get the chance to show up and, and watch them the way I would like to. But sure. I feel like this has kind of become the norm. It's like, all right, yeah, we're going to take some lumps during the regular season these last few years, but this is like the second year in a row that they've had kind of a 500 year in the regular season, and then they they make it to a district semifinal or a district final or whatever. You know, yeah. they've been doing that for a lot of years, though. Yeah, that's kind oh, of yeah, that's, that's been an MO yeah, since true. I was even back in school. Well, I, you, now Adam Adam was in school. I don't know if you. Uh, some some really old blast from the past, but Sean Rowland and Mike Kelsey and those guys. So mm-hmm. so he got to see some teams that were good from the beginning to the end. But <laughs> most of the rest of us just saw some 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 good ball players that that turned it up to come tournament time. Yeah, it's, yeah, man. My senior year was Kyle Rudolph's sophomore year, and they oh, had yeah. a great year that year. Yeah, they, uh, I think they made it to the regional final and lost like Reynoldsburg or something like that. But that was a pretty good team. That was a team that. I'll never forget. They started off the season like 16 or 17 and now, and then they go over to Oak Hills and they lost to Oak Hills on the road. I'll never forget that. Uh, I still, that's a, that's a a rough one. That's the toughest place to lose. If you're an elder fan, you get out of the GCL, you know, the GCL, you take your lumps in the GCL. When you lose the Oak Hills, (laughs) you got to take the, you got to take the beating from all the Oak Hills people because you, because we beat up on them so bad in football that that you got to take it. some soul searching comes yeah. after that. Loss, I feel like. Beat him twice this year, though. There you go. I know, man. Got him twice. <laughs> hey, I still tell people to this day that Kyle Rudolph was a better high school basketball player than high school football player. What do you think about that? You know, I uh, I kind of tend to agree, and I I've had this conversation with people before, and it's interesting. I I meant I was just at the Elder Stag, and Kyle was the featured speaker, yeah, yeah. and I meant to ask him about this. And it completely passed my, on my mind. But I think it's interesting to find out who all wanted him to play college basketball. Because I know that there were some some pretty big programs, I think, that, that were interested in him coming to play college basketball for him. And I always thought, like, I think he was so dead set on Notre Dame football that that might have turned some people away that might have been interested in him. But I'm always curious to hear you know, who were the, the colleges that, that tried to persuade you the hardest, you know? Yeah. I think he could have played basketball for Notre Dame. I mean, I think he was that good. I, I don't <laughs> know if he would have been like, you know, a superstar in college, but I think, I mean, he was, he was a nice player, man. Yeah, he was. Yeah. The old back to the basket. Yeah. yeah. He, could, he could step out and shoot it too, though, a yeah. little bit. I mean, 
Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So. He was a stud. Uh, so so I I got I got I got just one or two more questions if you got a couple seconds here. So yeah, man, go my, for it. My my question for you is: You're a hometown guy, so you're from Cincy. We've talked about that. You cover Xavier. You're not an out of town guy. Were you a Xavier fan before? You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. But were you, one, were you a Xavier fan before? And two, how does that uh, how does that affect you being an actual journalist and being yeah. a hometown fan? That's got to be tough. Yeah. So I was kind of I was fortunate growing up because my dad was my dad was like a diehard sports fan, but he was kind of all over the board. You know, he loved the Reds. Um, and, you know, we rooted for the Bengals, but like kind of outside of that, it was fair game to kind of just to support anyone and everyone. So I distinctly remember I, I, I've thought about this since I got the job, but I remember when Xavier played Duke in the Elite Eight oh, in 2004. Would they and, just, uh, just take Miles out. Take him out. Take him out of the game. He gets his fourth foul. What are you doing? Why don't you take him out of that game? You, I can't, know, you have no idea. You don't know what, what you that just did, me, Adam. I'm, I'm, sorry. That I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. No, Sheldon Williams killed us after that. <laughs> what I, where I was going with that is. I remember watching that game with my dad and rooting so hard for Xavier to, to win that game. And it's yeah. just like, I can't, I can't sit here and say that I've been, you know, a Xavier fan my whole life. Cause the truth is I went to UC and I rooted for UC when it growing up too, because, you know, I was kind of more a Cincinnati guy more than I identified with like one specific fan base. But in terms of being a journalist, you mentioned high school sports. I got a great kind of introduction and in how to swallow my pride and kind of, you know, sit on, sit on my past and kind of smother that a little bit, if you will, because like I got to cover elder high school sports, but I also had to cover like St. X. I had to cover Cole rain. I had to cover LaSalle and not just cover them, like write stories about them winning state championships. <laughs> and, and it's like, you, you get over that stuff pretty fast because it's like, if anyone in that fan base thinks that I'm doing them a disservice covering their team, they're going to, they're going to let someone know. And it's like, I feel fortunate that I get to do this job. So it's like, it would be, it would be incredibly foolish of me to sure. let something as simple as, you know, fandom get in the way of it. But it's like, it does come into play. And the other thing I tell people all the time is like, it's way more fun to write stories after they win games than after that. Now that doesn't mean I'm walking into the arena, like, with my Xavier underwear on and I'm like, yeah. I hope that they win this game. But it's like, the fact of the matter is the reality is if they win this game, it's probably going to mean that I get to write a better story that I get better yeah. quotes after the game, that they're more fun and more engaging to talk to. So it's like yeah. all that stuff plays a role in it. You know, who's the best quote on that team? Ooh. Is it Tyreek so, Jones? I feel like it's gotta be Tyreek Jones, right? I will nut. say this: Tyreek is incredibly entertaining, but, he's very unwilling to do the post-game press conferences oh, and really? the pre-game. Pre yeah. He does not like to do them. I think very much. So kind of what's become is Najee Marshall's great. He's really funny. He's very entertaining, but he tends to be like a one sentence guy. And Paul Scruggs is kind of like that too. So that's like, you'll ask him a question and they might give you like a few words in a sentence and yeah. that'll be their answer. You know, yeah. they don't really expound upon it. The the person who does that the best is Quentin Gooden. And yeah. I think that he's gotten comfortable in that. And it's funny because, you know, I think that like 
Tom Iser is the the Xavier kind of SID media relations guy. And after games, sometimes it's like he has to go in there and try to convince one of these guys to come out here and talk to us. And it's <laughs> yeah. like I think Quentin Quentin has gotten so used to being that guy that he's gotten pretty good at talking to the media after games. Awesome. Zach Hankins is really entertaining too. So anytime he takes the podium, he's he's can't miss. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's a fun guy, full of energy. Yeah, uh, I feel like Xavier would have loved to have him for for four years instead of one. It's it's disappointing that uh, that guy only gets to play Division One basketball for a year, because I, I mean he he's not the best defender when it comes to uh, uh, like just just straight man outside of the paint, but that guy. That what is there's something he's got him and Tyreek Jones have some kind of record of blocks in a season or something like that I think going right now, those two are yes. insane in the paint I know. and it, yeah. most of them are from behind but anyway, uh, yeah I like Hankins a lot it's been fun to see yeah and the thing that I I remind myself when I watch Hankins play is like this time last year he was playing against Division two teams Division two players this year coming in. He's playing against Division One guys for the like the very first time, and he's really handled himself very well, like at a very high level. I feel like if he would have had some more time to really kind of sink his teeth in and grow at the yeah. Division One level, he'd have been he'd have been an All Conference level guy for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was great last night against Butler. He was yeah, the he was. one shining, um, big the biggest shining spot in it. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, hey. I appreciate it. We'll let you get back to the Netflix. Absolutely. But before man. before before we got on, you were telling us what what's the Netflix show that yeah, we're watching. Well, so I'm I'm in on the Umbrella Academy right now, but Netflix is just they 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 have some heavy hitters, man. They they're consistent. Now they're breaking my heart with like uh, the Punisher and that stuff, not renewing that. And I think that that's just some. They've got some issues with Disney because Disney owns, yep. you know, some of the comic book franchises. But it's like uh, they, I, I ride or die with Netflix right now, man. There you go. I see you. I see you. That's well, awesome, man. Hey, on, buddy, I, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on, yeah. and uh, hopefully, hopefully down the road, something something uh, good goes with Xavier. Uh, maybe you can get back on here. We'd love to have you. Yeah, anytime, man. You got my number. I'd love to come back on. Appreciate Thanks. it a lot. Thanks, Adam. It's Adam. You want to you want to tell everybody how to follow you and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, anything that I do can be found at Cincinnati.com. And then I'm pretty active on Twitter. And my Twitter name is just Adam J. Baum, B A U M. Great follow. <laughs> Thank you. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, you guys have a good night. You All too. Right. See you. Bye. All right. Very Thanks nice. a lot, Adam. Yeah, we appreciate that. That's uh, Adam uh, with the Cincinnati Inquirer's Xavier Beat Writer. Uh, see if we can't uh get some more of those kind of kind of interviews going in the future yep that was that was successful i feel like yeah i feel like that went pretty well uh didn't not even gonna have to edit anything I I didn't, no think. way i think no, we're ready to go great insight from him though. yeah he's yeah that that was a he was a he got wealth of knowledge on the xavier side of things wealth of knowledge i thought i i thought i had an idea what was going on <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, we appreciate that, but let's move on, man. Let's while we're on college basketball, let's go ahead and keep it going. Yeah. Um, so, so my internet is failing now, uh, my computer, but nice. for whatever reason, well, that's but, good. um, I was looking earlier that's a, at that's the, not a good thing for me because you're hooked into, you should be hooked up to my internet. As long as you're good, I, it doesn't matter. Um, 
I'm going to go on memory, which is the worst possible thing to do for me because my memory is, is that is, is the opposite of an elephant. If an elephant never forgets, whatever the opposite of an elephant is, that's what I am. There you go. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I was looking earlier at it. It looks like, speaking of the Big East, we were just talking to Adam about the Big East. Uh, it looks like at least Joe Lenardi's bracketology so far has like four teams in there. Now, um, that does not – so that was, uh, yeah, Marquette, yet um, – Sorry, Mar- Marquette, Villanova, Villanova. Uh, St. John's, and uh, and the uh, last one was the team that just beat Marquette tonight, Seton Hall. Um, so those are the four that he's got in right now. Now you have Georgetown, who is kind of right there too. Uh, I think Seton Hall has another win or two, that, um, another probably quadrant one win or two more so than Georgetown, which is why they haven't really been discussed as much about, uh, but they are a bubble team. Yeah. Um, they, they play Georgetown gets, um, hold on. I've got it written down in my notes, my sloppy notes that don't have any rhyme or reason here. Uh, Georgetown has Marquette. Okay. Georgetown has Marquette on Saturday. You have X and St. John's Villanova and Seton Hall. All three of those big East games are going to have, uh, you know, some, some ramifications for, probably seeding in the Big East tournament and whether or not, you know, uh, teams may may or may not get at-large bids into the NCAA tournament. So um, that's going to be really interesting for the Big East. Um, you know, you got your, your normal heavy hitters. I think your one seeds he's got right now, Duke, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and um, uh, Virginia. Um, I, so, so, so last four in right now. Uh, Lenardi's got Bama, Seton Hall, Temple, TCU. First four out, Clemson, St. Mary's, Furman, and Murray State. <laughs> a team like Furman is the is the kind of team that that hurts all your 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 middle tier big conference teams because that's a that's a team that if they don't win their if something happens and they don't win their conference tournament and and they end up with a seed that's taken away from somebody else but they do he right now has Xavier as the next four out okay so and Georgetown he's got Georgetown in there too so so, so a whole yeah, lot right. of a whole lot of uh, big east teams in that bubble conversation and and it's been such a wild such a wild season so far in the big east with everybody beating everybody it's going to be you know we could see the same thing in the tournament and that could mean that you know Seton Hall finds their way out and Georgetown or Xavier finds their way in to the NCAA tournament, depending on how everybody does. You know, I, that's the thing that we were, I think, getting getting at with with uh, with Adam was, you know, that's kind of what I meant when I said it. I think people think the Big East is down, but it's not necessarily down. It might even be a little bit of the opposite because every team is good enough to beat the top team in the league. I mean, I, you, you know, it's your Creighton's and your, you know, the bottom, right. bottom two or three teams are good enough to beat Villanova or Marquette on a given night. Now a 10 game series or something, you're going to lose eight times or nine times, but they are good enough to compete with those teams. And so that, you know, you might get, you might get a, a Xavier or a Creighton or a, or a Seton hall yeah. or a Georgetown that ends up winning the big East tournament. Oh, 100%. I think, I think any of the, well, I don't know about any of them, but there's, I mean, there's five teams that could win the big East tournament, which easily could throw a wrench into a whole lot of things for a whole lot of different people. Uh, but let's get into, to, to, to the number one seats. Let's mm-hmm. we, we right now, obviously Duke, 
uh, sitting on a one seed. You got Gonzaga sitting on a one seed, Virginia and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, out of those four, who's your most complete? Who's your who? Who's your team you like the best out of that? Now, that's I know that's a big thing. It's a loaded I mean, question. That's a loaded question <laughs> because Duke just struggled against West uh, Wake Forest without Zion Williamson. So obviously that's a big deal. Now they still have two of the top four. Uh, players in the draft on that team, so they're still a number one seed without Zion Williamson, Correct. but are they're not that over and above number one seed. Kentucky's been coming on strong. The SEC is the surprise, not the surprise. I shouldn't say the surprise. They've slowly been getting better and better and better as a conference. It's not just Kentucky and Florida anymore. Um, you got Tennessee. Tennessee. You got Alabama. Um, uh, there, there's a ton of good Auburn's in there. The Auburn playing really well. Um, so I like Kentucky. Uh, Virginia is a, is a number one seed again, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel bad for them. I, I want them in a, in a number one seed because I need them. I need to see them get over that hump. Me too. I want that I bad. feel I feel like that team needs to, to win a game in the tournament. I, That's yeah. got to be the worst way to ever end a season. And to come back in as a number one seed, you need that. I know fans, especially you know, kind of your fringe fans that are going to watch the NCAA tournament that don't normally watch college basketball but will watch the tournament because it's the tournament and because it's a very exciting time and everything and you get your bracket out and you all that kind of stuff, see how you do. But – you know, so Virginia is not a not a fun team for for people like that. You know that are just watching because they are just defense, 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 and they are they are trying to beat you fifty five to forty eight. You know, and, and every other I think every other basketball team in the world right now is trying to beat you. You know, one fifteen to one fourteen. Yeah. And, and so it's it's a different it's a different thing. I love Bennett. I, I love his. You know his attention to detail on defense and what they do, and 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 how they they like just everything. Everything is on stopping you, and I just want to see a team like that. I just want to see that Virginia team finally. You know, because they've had they've been high seeds in the last few years, but they're you know they've had early exits, and for whatever reason, you just run into those teams that. that... And, and the the crazy thing is, is you always talk about how good defensive teams seem to do well. In the tournament, but so you, you have to have a little you, of both. You got it. You do got to have a little bit of both because, you, as I say that, you think of your North Carolinas that make runs every year and they're up and down, big scoring team. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But so on that note, let's flip over to Gonzaga, who they also have as a number one seed. Gonzaga. We talk about Duke and how great Duke is. They beat Duke when Duke was playing well. It was early in the season, but early. Duke was still playing very well. And those three guys, Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, and um, uh, R.J. Barrett mm-hmm. were all playing well together and have been for a while. So they beat Duke. And, you know, I mean, it was a close game. They beat him by two months ago, back in November. So this team, nobody gets to see because they're on the West Coast, but they are as good as it gets. They're back again. This team for 20 years now has been a mainstay at the top of this tournament. And uh, I, I, I would like to see Duke – or not Duke. I would like to see. I like all these number one seeds. To so be honest I. with you, so do I. Uh, but I, I just like this Gonzaga team. They they are that well rounded, good defense, and can put a lot of points on the board at the same time. I'll tell you, I th- those two teams, Virginia and Gonzaga, are the two number one seeds that I want to see get to the Final Four more than any of the other ones. And I 
I consider myself a little bit of a Duke fan. Like I became You're an over ACC the years. fan. I, I like the ACC and I like Duke. I always root for Duke. I hated their guts when I was a kid because mm-hmm. Christian Leitner and they they beat Michigan and anyway. Um, but they but I I grew to to really love and respect what Mike Shashevsky built there and just the you know just the the pride and the the tradition and stuff that they that they sure. built that program into. So. Um, it's really fun. It's it's fun to watch them, and they're on. You know, they're they're on ESPN every single every single one of their games. It's like they have they personally have a have a contract with ESPN. They don't, but <laughs> it's like that because the, even when they play teams that are you know very low level teams that they're going to beat by forty, their game is at seven o'clock on whatever night. Well, listen, know, Zion Williamson is and he that's, that's is yeah, prime time. So reason. even if they're playing Army, beating them by twenty two. Mm-hmm. He's prime time. You're you're gonna see it. Yep. And, and speaking of him, it's you know you like you kind of mentioned it a minute ago. They were I think they're three and two now uh, without yep. him. So uh, and and they've looked different. They've looked a little bit different. You think yeah they've got four NBA players on their team, including him. So they still have three without him. Not yeah. no no you know hardly anybody else has that. So you expect them to still dominate. You know, even in the ACC, but they haven't. They didn't dominate without him. You know, their their field goal percentage uh, is down like fifteen percent or something when he's not on the floor. Um, their field goal percentage and their defense in the lane too. He, you know, he's a big time shot blocker. He's only like six six or something like that, and he's a big time shot blocker. It's a it's insane. Well, he can jump out of the gym. We've seen right. that. He hit his he hit his head on the rim, uh, <laughs> blocking a shot. Which it they made a big deal out of that. If you watch most dunks and most people block shots, their heads above the rim anyway. He just so happened to be flying a little too. He he's got he's got a, a special vertical leap though. I you mean, ain't it's, kidding. It's it's powerful. Remember yeah, we talked is. about the dunk competition mm-hmm. about how how if you're gonna win the dunk competition, you need power, not a finesse dunk. You need to throw it down, and the whole place has got to feel it mm-hmm. when you dunk. That dude, it's like LeBron. You feel it. Yep. When they dunk. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So he he's uh, so damn powerful. He went through his shoe. He he went through his shoe. Uh, yes, he and because he went through his shoe, his knee buckled or whatever, and he's got the sprained knee. So that's what he's been out five games now. Um, and they're talking about so they have Carolina for their last regular season game. They have Carolina again this Saturday, and it sounded like to me that he was possibly going to be back yesterday for the Wake Forest game. Then they kept him out. And then after that game, Mike Krzyzewski said, you know, it it just doesn't make sense to – he's still working back. He's probably kind of close, but it just, you know, they're not going to rush him back. They're not going to rush him back, and he's probably not going to play against Carolina. But it is the Carolina-Duke rivalry. We'll see what happens. Game time decision. Yeah. We'll see. But either way, he's going to have to come back at some point before – you would think if he doesn't come back against Carolina, he'll be back in the ACC tournament at some point, right? Right. So, so I haven't, I haven't heard Zion Williamson talk uh, since this happened. Uh, what, what, what have you heard any interviews with him? Has he said anything? He's always a really positive kid. I, oh he's yeah, he's always, a great dude. But I mean, yeah. does it? So he's, so he's seems to me like the kind of guy. Like if he can play, he's gonna play. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think he definitely will. Um, and, and you know, you kind of had you you heard as soon as that happened two weeks ago or whatever, um, people immediately jumped on and said, kind of the new age, you know, way of thinking like we talked about with the bowl games. If you are a surefire pro, 
in this coming draft, just sit out. Just don't come back. Shut so, them down. Yeah, shut them down. Don't risk any more any further injury. We've talked about it with with college, and you know, I took and with college football, like you said, and I've taken the stance of make money. You know, it's all about you. You're a business. This, that, and the other. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you that I truly believe. I tr- I th- I just feel like this basketball is like like college basketball might be slightly different. Uh, I don't know. There's not as many games. You don't. You don't have the the. I mean, you have full contact constantly, but it's not the collisions that you have in football. So I feel like these kids like they want to get out there and play. Yeah, I, I, I never played football, so I can't really speak to to that as a player. But you know, I, I we we both played basketball our whole lives, so you know I feel like, and of course our. Our level of play is a lot different than than somebody who, like I you mean, said, I, is, is I going was, to I was, make millions. I was I was runner up to Zach Hankins for Division Two Player of the Year, but you know, <laughs> last year, last year. Oh, congratulations! I didn't know that. It's a thirty-four year old um, <laughs> D two player. So it was a it was a mercy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they gave it to. It you. was kind of like feel sorry like for the Dirk, old guy. It was kind of like <laughs> yeah. Dirk getting the All Star game. <laughs> That's how that was for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, the best, I think, and I, I, I don't know that I've ever said this, but I think the person that said it best so far that I've heard is Charles Barkley, who I think is, <laughs> who I think is actually pretty horrible on TV. We talked about that too before. I love, but I love, I love Charles. I do. I do love him on that show, but he, he doesn't speak intelligently about basketball all the time. Right. But, um, he did say, and it's, it's very simple. He kind of just simplified it. We're there to play, like you know you pros and big time college players. They play basketball. That's what they do. It's not. There's no whether you're going to be a pro and, and and you you know you're risking losing all this money if you blow out your ACL or something like that. It doesn't. That doesn't really matter. I mean that can happen at any single moment in a practice in a game. Sure. It, when you're when you're walking to your refrigerator at home. I mean that that can happen at any time if you live. If you live your whole life, including when you're playing your game, the, whatever game you play, whatever sport you play, you live like that, when are you ever going to play? They're talking about that with LeBron now. Yes, talking about him sit, shutting him down just because. Just because the Lakers are kind of are, out of contention now. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This, to me, basketball and football are different in this case. And it really comes down, you, can, you, you play 82 games in the NBA season. There's 16 in an NFL season. There's a reason why you have more injuries in the NFL than you do in the NBA in less games. It's more physical. It's more contact. So that part of the thing, that part of it, I don't agree with shutting him down, shutting Zion down, or LeBron for that matter. I, I, I really don't agree with that because you're an NBA player. You, you're you out there to get paid. Forget shutting him down. I, I understand he may not be 100%, but he's – He's he looks good to me. He's, he's averaging he's, he's darn near averaging a triple double since he's been back. Twenty six and a half points a game, mm-hmm. eleven rebounds and nine assists or something like that. Yeah, yep. He's. He, I hate this. Shut him down. I, I'm not a fan of the shut him down in 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 basketball. Like this. And, and and first of all, it's it wouldn't be allowed. That the league has rules now true. against that. That's right? true. But you, and that yeah, kind of came from it, him too. It did. It came from LeBron. And but at the same time. He's coming off that injury. He can he can tweak it. He can have 
it, you, can there's ways it. to get you around. Can lie about it. it wouldn't even be a lie. You can't tell me that he doesn't. He doesn't still feel a little something. Probably not enough to that sit, dude's though. thirty four. He's thirty four, thirty five years old, playing every single game. Something's hurting him. I guarantee it. Sure, but not enough to keep him out. And I agree. Knows that. No, I agree. And I'm going to tell you that I think a big and LeBron played every single game last year, and that was the after, that was the year after the league made the change of uh you know limiting back to backs and and all the different things that they that they did to uh purposely because the players were complaining and the players were sitting out and LeBron was the main vocal point in that conversation and I truly believe that there I, we talked about this last year I said I I think there was something out there Adam Silver said all right we're going to do this but I need you every single night yes yeah, and and the and, and the I year think after, that still goes. Yeah, it was, was it just last year, last year or two years ago, the first year that they put that in place. LeBron last year. played all. 82. It was last yeah, year. It was last year. year, right? He played every so, game, so as he should. And and if you're healthy, you should be playing. There's no question about it. It doesn't matter. I, I you know, yes, teams tank. Yes, teams do tank. Um, what about like what they you, do with AD, where where they just play they him just, 25 minutes they, a game? Yeah, I mean they're playing him, but he's just not playing. He much. Can, they can, but how? I don't know. I, if you're the Lakers, I think you're too. You have too many wins to really be a lottery team. That's oh, you're gonna not get gonna, a, Well, you could. I mean, technically, they're could. they they they're still you know have an opportunity in a lottery spot. But I don't know, man. It's it it, it wouldn't you're, make you're four and a half games out with eighteen to go. Is it eighteen or nineteen? It's eighteen, and I think they're five and a half now. Are they five um, and a half? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. It, it is. It is a lot, and it's it's not looking good. They haven't played. What they're on a th- they've won. They've lost seven of their last ten. They're on a three game losing streak now, and that's with LeBron playing all the you know all regular minutes and putting up regular numbers and stuff. But defensively, that's been the thing for the whole team, including LeBron. Right. We talked about it last week. It's you know they're they're just they haven't found themselves defensively for whatever reason, and they are they do have other injuries too. They Alonzo Ball's been out forever. Um, uh, Kuzma missed a little bit of time. Undefeated. Hart missed a little bit of time. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure his dad has some kind of excuse why. Lonzo Ball. I'll tell you what though has really surprised me. I like this kid a lot. I think he's. I think he's going to continue to grow. And I think. Mm-hmm. I think that he would fit. He would probably be best of these young kids to fit in on this team. If you're going to bring in the the type of talent that they're talking about next year. That might be the kid I want on the team. I know you're gonna have. They're probably getting rid of Kuzma, and you're probably getting rid of Ingram to get into some kind of if you if you're getting into a trade deal for AD. Um, but I like the. I think Lonzo Ball fits, and as much as I that kills me to say because I can't stand his dad, <laughs> yeah. but I I kind of like I kind of like the way he plays on this team. I mean, the guy. I feel like he could get 20 assists in a night. So do I, and that's why I like him too. The only problem with that is on a LeBron James team that historically that has not that hasn't really been the kind of player that's worked. He, he you surround LeBron with shooters because yeah. he's starting with the ball and he is either getting into the lane and he's finding the a shooter or right exactly and that's what you know the all those Cleveland teams and the the Miami teams they had they built all they brought all those shooters in all his buddies the Mike Millers and the Kevin Loves and those guys and the Chris Boshes they they made guys into shooters right even. and uh, so I I feel like that's gonna now they're gonna bring they're gonna try to bring in AD or Kevin Durant or uh, you know name your big time free agent you know Kawhi Leonard or whoever um, Kyrie Clay Thompson right um, but all those guys can shoot. 
right? So, yeah. um, and, and Lonzo Ball can't. He might be. He can probably learn a lot of great stuff from LeBron, but I don't know how how unless they. I'll find tell you what some he needs to do. Listen, Bobby Knight. I I I always loved Bobby Knight growing up. Uh, over the past few years in multiple documentaries, I've slowly started to I'm dislike. Exactly the same way. Slowly started to dislike Bobby Knight a yes. lot. Um, but at the same time, he he would he'd probably be good to go to Bobby Knight's, but because Bobby Knight wouldn't let him shoot like that, he would force him. <laughs> To shoot the ball correctly, I, that's better what, form. That's the thing. I think about if this that all dude's the time. putting up 500 shots a, d- a day. Dude, get, change your form. Just change slowly at a little bit at a time. I guarantee you become a better shooter. Just let him know that he's right-handed. <laughs> Just tell him he's right-handed, and that way he understands he doesn't have to shoot from the left side of his body with his right hand. That way he knows. Oh, I'm right-handed. I shoot from the I shoot from the right side of my head. Okay. Oh, so now when I shoot, the ball sense. comes from my right ear forward, not my left. Now ear. I can actually square up properly. I mean, your hand's got to be in front of your eyes. You're ba- I, I, you're basically putting a hand in your own face every time you shoot. I have no explanation for why he is at this point in his career. All the basketball he's played. He's still a very young guy, but he's played basketball probably every day of his life for the last 20 years. You seen the documentary or not documentary, but the thing they did on him and his brothers, you know, when it first started, Lavar, they didn't do homework until they got their shots up. Yeah, I, yeah, Lavar reverse parenting from Lavar Ball. Um, undefeated, never lost. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that is funny. He is a caricature. That dude is something um, else. But but uh I, I agree with you about Lonzo, but he's he's missed a ton of time, so he's got to get healthy and it's pro- it's not going to be this year and it's not going to be in time to really help them probably get back into into playoff contention or anything like that. Um so they're probably going to miss the playoffs for the first time since I think I think for the, LeBron's going to miss it for the first time since his rookie year, I want to say. I think that's the only time he's ever missed the playoffs. Um so, you know, but it'll be, you know what? It might be because he's been to eight straight finals. He, it's time for him to have an actual it's summer It's not going to hurt him to sit down. I can tell you that. I mean, it's not going to hurt him to have a summer he's off. He's 34 years old. Take it, a break. Get into next year with a, with, with a, with a Warriors-type team. And, and then think about how much easier that's going to be on him. I don't even. I don't, I don't know think you have to build it like that. No, but and they won't. Bring, you're not going to. You're not going to have a team like that because the Warriors a had a lot of that, that that was already there. Right. Yeah. They uh, right. They built that thing from the, their draft. I mean, they. Yeah. That was all they, draft until Kevin Durant. Really. I mean, well, Iguodala came over, but but I mean, yeah. basically you, with Steph and Draymond and, uh, and Clay. Clay, right. right, and then Iguodala came over and Durant and the whole rest is history. So, um, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, okay. So anyway, um, hey, speaking of speaking of the NBA, real quick. Yeah. Uh, so so this week today there. So if you if you're a fan of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, we appreciate that. Uh, we're live every every single Wednesday, 10:30 p.m. We jump on here, um, catch us here, and then t- if you can't catch us here. Thursday mornings, we're on every all your favorite platforms from from iTunes podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts to Google Play to YouTube and 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 like twenty different other ones. So uh, catch it there. But there will not be a nosebleeds uh, poll, which is the uh, you got to help me out here. The, the greatest the NBA gr- nickname. Thank of you all time. of all time. Right. So that that matchup 
will not be going up today. It'll be going up tomorrow because we don't uh, have the official let, let players. Me, let yet. me tell you why. Because I underperformed. Um, <laughs> I I was I was incompetent, and I uh, I was supposed to. So the deal is the very first week. Our one versus 16 seed was Akeem the Dream Olajuwon versus Allen Iverson, the answer. And we didn't realize until just a couple weeks ago, but that actually ended up in a tie. Right. So, because this past week um, was going to be our last first-round matchup, we were going to need to know the winner of that matchup to start the second round. So, I was supposed to, on Saturday morning, uh, get my butt out of bed early and, uh, and post something on my Twitter to final lot to to kind of redo yeah the the dream versus the answer poll um on twitter so i failed to do that so what i did when i remembered tonight at like 7 30 <laughs> so if you're listening get on yes because you got 21 hours and 15 minutes so basically at uh i don't know what is that eight o'clock 8 30 8 30 on thursday uh, March uh, 7th yes. you can you can vote till so uh, I'm I'm putting my I'm, I'm on the Twitter you can catch Adam on Twitter at Adam Schmidt 44 it's his latest tweet get on there check out the poll I'm gonna retweet it at sick with it and you turkey I know you're voting for the answer right now I just did oh, it too and man. he was already winning before I took oh, this vote gosh. so it looks like the dream will not be going up against. <laughs> is it Michael? Is it Jordan? Uh, is it Air Jordan? I don't think. Or did Jordan lose? No. Uh, it's just last week. Oh right, right, right. You know what? It's I, all right. I we'll we'll get it. We'll get it put up. Yeah, he doesn't have anything. Access. We we will get this going much better next week. Yeah. And uh, be either ready way, to go. either way. So it's gonna when the when the poll ends on Twitter to de- to determine whether the answer or the dream is the better nickname tomorrow night. As soon as that is up. I'm going to post the next the next round, the first week of the second round, tomorrow night, Thursday night, on Facebook as per usual. There you go. So um, then you can vote, get on, and uh, help us out. All right, yeah. so from there, we are, uh, we're, com- we're creeping up here towards the end. So we're going to jump real quick into baseball. I want to talk about, we talked about Bryce Harper. He said he was going to make his decision by the end of last week. He did. Harper signs the he exactly like we had talked about. Did we talk about this already? Not today. No. Okay. No. So he's he's making all kinds of money. This dude signs uh, with the Phillies. So uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is is I'm I'm looking at you and I feel bad because you have no internet access. Sorry. At this time, and, and you're dying over there. It's uh, it's it's, th- it's thirteen thirteen years, which thirteen is, years. That was twenty seven. Is he twenty seven or twenty six? Uh, he's twenty six. I think twenty six. So yeah. thirteen years. It takes him until he's almost forty, and three hundred and how much? Three thirty. Three thirty. Three thirty. So it's so per year, it's not as much as Arenado or. Oh, that's right. Um. It's it's twenty five. It's like twenty five point three eight million a year. But it's thirteen years, and he has got a player option after the fourth year, seventh year. His is the seventh. Seventh, year. okay, yeah. seventh. Yeah. So anyway, huge signing for them. The Phillies are looking really good all of a sudden. Um, well, and, they did last year. Already. I mean, they did too. Yeah, that's true. But now you got Bryce Harper 
out here trying to recruit Mike Trout. Man. Could you imagine you. Mike Trout, a, a Jersey kid, so I don't know how well that would go in Philly, but still an East Coast guy. You know he probably wants to get closer to home. He could sign the biggest deal ever, go to Philly, and be playing with that team right now, and the Phillies could all of a sudden become the Warriors. Yeah. It's uh so he be, Mike Trout becomes a free agent after next year I believe, and and Bryce Harper did say hey you better believe I'm calling Mike Trout after the season next year to try to get him to Philly, <laughs> and so already they're talking about he may get Bryce Harper may get fined for tampering, which is we heard it all through this season already in the NBA LeBron talking about Anthony Davis and a few other guys, and and that's. It's starting to it's starting to get under my skin a little bit. The whole tampering thing and the league, is there a tampering thing in in, in Major League Baseball Major too? League Baseball has already contacted the Angels and Phillies about it. They are investigating wow. it already. Wow! And, and it's 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 getting under my skin because what what why, who cares who cares? I it's, have no idea why it's why, what's the big deal if these guys talk about who they want to play on each other's team. It's it's maybe one thing if front if if decision makers in the front office are contacting other guys or whatever about coming I can kind of understand that. Sure, there's but, there's there's days and dates that you can that you're allowed to start having negotiations with other teams and things like that. But if you're a player, I agree. You're excited. I'm going to let you go. Just talk just you're just talking to your fellow players, your friends around the league about about playing together. And it's, you know it happens. It's just because he said it in front of a microphone. Yes. And they asked him, he said, no, I wouldn't take I don't take any of that back. No, yeah. And, and I wouldn't either. I like because that. I guarantee he said it 13, 14, 15 other times mm-hmm. and probably has talked directly to Mike Trout about it, you know, over the phone. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, what what what's the big deal? Why is that such a big deal? I yeah, I just don't like. I I I kind of understand where leagues wouldn't like it, but to get fined for something like that, you shouldn't get fined, especially know, for a player. I can't yeah. do anything because I say, hey, I might. Could you imagine if Mike Trout came over here with us? Boy, I'm I'm I want him here. I it, want Mike Trout to play with me. First off, who wouldn't? Second off. I'm not making any decisions. I'm I have no power at all over who I'm trading or who, or or how much we'll pay him in free agency or anything like that. Why am I getting fined? I'm just telling you how I feel. You saying that you're does asking not, me a question. Yeah, I'm answering it. You saying that does not void his contract with the Angels. No, it doesn't. Exactly. It, nothing happens. You can say I can. You, I can. He may say, have never even talked to Trout. Trout probably. Trout might hate Bryce Harper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe he does. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I don't know. Like if I if I talk to you about the company I work for, and I'm like, man, I I would love for you to come work with me, man. It would be so fun. You know, you should just you should come out and work. What's I mean is. You're, I, I'm sure your your company would wouldn't be happy about that. But what are they gonna do? I mean, it's we're just talking. You yeah. know, it's not if you're under contract. I'm, I don't think you're under contract with them. But but you know, it's so maybe this is a bad example. But I'm anyway. under contract. I'm under but, contract with you, the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. And so am I. So when our contract runs out in in 2058. Um, yeah, it, I, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith's already been hollering at me. Yeah, maybe that's tampering. I don't know. It is, and ESPN's going to get involved, and the FCC is going to get involved, 
and uh, the FBI is going to get involved. Probably we're in trouble now. Um, you guys are you now. guys are going to be in jail with the people from Adidas that that are uh, spending time in there because of the whole shoe deal, college oh, basketball recruiting. So I don't even want to get into that. So let me tell you something that just happened. Okay, the king has officially passed Michael Jordan. It is official. I appreciate uh, uh, Alex and and Tyler. Uh, always long listeners, they just let us know on the comments that it is official. LeBron James has passed Michael in scoring. It's a sad day. It's a. It's truly it, maybe a sad for you, day. but uh, I love it. it. Records were made to be broke. I mean, he doesn't have the record anyway. He's uh, still got to yeah. keep going. It's, it's but fourth, I believe. Yeah. He passes it for fourth. All time. So, so who you got left? You got you got Kobe, you got Kareem, and you got Carl Malone. Malone. I always forget about Malone. That's the one, the mailman who uh, is who's who's on our who's in our uh, made it past the first round in the Nosebleed yeah. Sports pe- Podcast. Yep. Best nicknames of all time. He's still alive. He would also be. He would be probably a one seed for biggest jerk ever in uh, I've heard basketball that. history. I've heard that, but yeah. he's always really funny in in uh, in in interviews. It seems like. Yeah, he's a hillbilly. Oh yeah, he'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> be the first one to tell you. Anyway, all right. Not a Carl Malone fan. Yeah, uh, incredible player. But anyway, sure. You know who? You know who? Who I was a fan of, though. Speaking of who were you a fan? Speaking of? of of people who were athletes when we were growing up, when we were kids. Yeah. King Kong Bundy. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. King Kong. <laughs> King Kong Bundy passed away yesterday. Yesterday or today? Yesterday, I think. Uh, it was, yeah. Sad day in the world of wrestling. Uh, you know these, and he was. I think he was sixty-one years old. He was old. only sixty-one. That sixty, that sixty-one crazy years to me. old. I thought he would be way older. Than I'm that. just telling you that if you look at some of these guys, there none of them are that old, man. These these wrestlers are are dying off a quick, 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 quick. It's young, young, young. I feel bad for. I feel bad for the future. Obviously, uh, I know that the WWE and Vince McMahon has put a ton of money into uh, the CTE stuff and and things like that, but. They should because, I mean, it's obviously a problem. That thing, especially when we were younger watching, you know, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and all those King Kong Bundy and Andre the Giant and those guys, it was, you know, people talk about wrestling, pro wrestling being fake, and it is, but it also is really grueling on your body. Yeah. Those guys travel way more than people think. They travel and the, the you know, wrestling, actually the wrestling is really, really tough on their bodies. I mean, right. they put themselves through through all kinds of stuff. And uh, it, it, all that mixed in with all the drugs and stuff that was going on. I mean, that's been well documented. All the all the drugs that those guys did. Man, you talk, you look, you read stuff about Jake the Snake and and all those yeah. you know, a whole bunch of guys, and yeah. it was crazy back then. And I don't know how much of that stuff, you know, how much King Kong Bundy was involved in that, but 61 just seems young. Number one seems a lot younger than he would be because I feel like that was decades and decades ago. Yeah. Um, but that's that's not very old. But what what the other thing that stuck out to me when I was reading about this? Yeah. That guy was six four. Four fifty eight. Four hundred fifty eight. Wow. LBs. That is a big song gone. That's gone. that's that is, you know what that is? That's that's three of me. 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's okay. You know how big Zion Williamson is? It's two Zion Williamson. It's two Zion Williamson. Think man. about that. Could you imagine putting Golly. Zion? That's a that's a big that's a big big man. He was enormous, but he was you know. That's why he was King Kong, man. King Kong Bundy. King Kong. His Bundy. real name was Christopher Pallies or something, or Paulies or something yeah. like that. Um, it's always funny to hear the wrestlers real names i just love um, that a six foot six 450 pound man wore a one-piece leotard that just barely covered I, his nipples he and he and andre the giant both andre know? andre wore the one and he just did the one the one the strap, one strap. Right? yeah king kong did the two strap yep. i mean they they that was back in the day when you either wore the 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 flat out undies the hulk hogan undies, the hulk hogan underwear or, or the um or the wrestling singlet. I mean, those were yeah. wrestling singlets that yeah. they're wearing. Like, yeah. like you know, wrestling. I mean, I feel like the wrestling singlet he has on was made for a twelve-year-old. <laughs> but <laughs> it was made for a real, actual, normal-sized <laughs> <Wrestling>. person, <laughs> and oh, he goodness. was double that. Uh, so anyway, rest in peace, King Kong Bundy. It's always it's always sad to see you know athletes and famous people from when you were growing up and you were a fan of whatever uh die off and uh, luke perry just died the other day from 90210 i never watched really that show, luke but perry died luke perry died what happened from to him i'm not sure uh oh it was a heart uh some heart failure or something oh, like man, that he was a heartthrob man heartthrob yeah. back in yeah, the day right and that came back to bite him the heart stuff did oh, yeah. and uh <laughs> he uh he <laughs> That's why his heart was throbbing for it was throbbing for a few minutes there and then it stopped throbbing but um Apparently he's he's from Ohio. He's a big Reds fan, uh, nice. so that that's uh, that's kind of why that that story kind of stuck out to me. There you go. Now bef- before we get get off of here, you had uh, you had a little something going on with some food. I understand. I did. Um, I I feel like I made you proud, and I hope I hope I don't uh, I hope I don't build that up too much to to disappoint you here. But um, so I got a te- really I saw it the day before, but then I got the text of the year. That I that I look forward to every year, which is Girl Scout cookies are in. Girl Scout cookies are in. Girl Scout oh, yeah. cookies are here. They're not just in, but they are covering my fridge. Okay, good. So this is what happened to me. I am I'm driving around. I think I went to lunch or something like that on Saturday, and on the street corner in front of this business over by yeah. where I live. There are just people outside on the corner selling Girl Scout cookies. Don't you love it? I pulled over, pulled into this parking lot, and walked down, bought two boxes right away. Atta boy. And and uh, and then a couple of days later, just yesterday, I got the ones I actually ordered from my cousin's daughters. And um, so anyway, here's what I did. Let's hear it. What what? First off, what were they? Okay, so You're so a thin mint guy, my pattern. Well, I'm a, I'm a Thin Mint guy, and we talked about the tagalongs. We yeah. both love the tagalongs, so that's what I do: one box of Thin Mints, one box of tagalongs. Okay? Gotcha. Now, the the your 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 idea, your invention with the tagalongs, the the little bite, yep, with the dunk, and you yep. let it soak in. Yes, I tried it, and. You're on to something there, buddy. Dude, I'm telling you. You are on to something. I'm telling you. That is a good that's a good trick. Phenomenal. It, I, listen, I came up with this during the NCAA tournament about 10 years ago, and 
I will. I I only eat tagalongs, and I only eat them this way. <laughs> Let me tell you, it, I I did it with the milk and everything. It worked out great. It was really good. It was like another layer of of like milk yes. in there with the chocolate and the peanut yeah. butter. It's perfect. I got to tell you though, I'm not going to be able to do it consistently because you were right. You're going to get the milky tips, all right? Yeah, the milky the, tips on the listen, fingers. Listen. I can't dip my fingers in the milk and then continue consuming the milk. Here's, I just can't do it. I, I didn't think about it. that for you. I was just going to tell you to get a paper towel so you can wipe your fingers off when you got done every time. <laughs> I don't want to put but you're Even if put, I wash my hands, in I my don't. Eye, in my eyes, I don't care about putting my fingers in my milk. I just want to get them dried off before I – so that's the deal. The thing for you is, man, there's got to be a way to fix it. I don't know what it is. But maybe maybe turn the cookie a little bit more to the side and uh, and and keep it a little higher. But you're you're gonna maybe, end up with, with more dry. You're gonna get it actually. Yeah, it's in. it's a it's a deal, man. I'm telling you. So for those of you who don't know, tagalongs, uh, cookie peanut butter, chocolate covered. Take a nibble, just a nibble mm. out of uh, out of a piece of it. Break the cookie. I think I did that perfectly. You too. have to I was break. Surprised. You have to break the cookie. Yes. You have to break the the actual cookie a little bit, and uh, just on a little bit of an angle. With the with the cookie, the bitten part of the cookie at like a forty five degree angle in the air, drop it down in the milk. You're gonna get milky fingers. It's gonna happen, but it soaks the milk into the cookie, and the cookie doesn't fall apart and fall into your drink because it's sur- it is surrounded by chocolate that holds it together and keeps the milk inside the cookie. Therefore, you get the soggy cookie taste. With peanut butter and chocolate covered. Oh my gosh, I'm having one tonight. I'm having a whole <laughs> box tonight. Do you know how many boxes I currently have in my in my pantry? I do not. I've already eaten four boxes four of tagalongs. I just got two more from my buddy down the street. He called me and asked me. He said his daughter had a few extra boxes and wanted to know if I wanted some. I said yes. I'll take two more. I currently have uh, I, I have eight boxes in the pantry and I've eaten four. So. I'm a tag along nut, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I have a total of four boxes. I've eaten a total of two boxes of tagalongs and two boxes of thin mints. So I've eaten a half a box of thin mints and one box of tagalongs, which is great for me yeah. because I can sit there and just eat them all night long without stopping. So I, I've I've exercised a little bit of self control. Um, I've been just throwing a few of them in a bag, take the lunch to Can't work do every that. day. No chance. I open that box, that box is gone. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm trying not to do that. And the tagalongs, there's not that many in them, so it's easy right. to do. Very so, easy. So my niece called me the other day, and she's selling her cookies at Kroger's. You know, they sit in front of Kroger's. That's the other thing. Every yeah. time I go to Kroger, I'm going to buy uh, another yeah. box. So my, my sister-in-law asked if I wanted some. I said, yeah, five. And she was like, no, 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 they're only $4 a piece. I said, no, I want five boxes. <laughs> So she brought me five boxes. I got a 20 spot burning a hole in my pocket. I I got to find something to do with it. I got to get a little return on my investment. That's right, buddy. Somebody's getting a return on that investment. All right. uh, Next week we'll have some more on the Nosebleeds uh, Sports Podcast Best NBA Nickname of All Time. Uh, We'll have some more college basketball, baseball seasons getting – hot and heavy it is. uh so a lot of good spring training stuff maybe we'll get to start getting some red stuff going mm-hmm. and things like that and uh obviously we will continue to talk more and more about the nba until then adam schmidt you have a great night you do the same i will and don't forget to turn your headlights on <laughs>